the body keeps the score, my friend. And I, I like what you said there. You know, I like to say that fitness is a phenomenal gateway drug to pers- personal development. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll open the door. Uh, and that, I know that it opens the door for a lot of people. And that, that's why my pillars are structured the way they are, because um, most often people come to me and they've exactly what you open this episode with that, you know, you try and then you fall off. Like there's something else there. You know, it's, Let's get into what's underneath. You know, what, what does the failure of achieving that goal remind you of? Welcome to the Strength Connection Podcast, a show to share stories, insights, and experiences in strength, physically, mentally, and spiritually. I'm Michael Krukowski, host of the Strength Connection, and I'm so grateful that you can join me today. So in these episodes, I connect with some of the most inspiring and successful individuals to chop it up and learn from true life experiences that have helped them become who they are, the strongest versions of themselves. One of the greatest ways I've always learned the most important lessons is through stories. We all have them and they make us who we are. So let's dive in. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show or welcome to the first time, however you found us. Thanks for joining us. And Chase Tolleson, thanks so much for coming on, man. I've really been pumped to chat with you since we chatted the other day. And uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm super grateful. Yeah, brother. I I appreciate you having me. This is, uh, you know, from our preamble the other day to... I. I, I listened to, uh, you know, some pieces of a couple of your episodes to get more of a, a feel and I'm really looking forward to this one. Awesome, man. Yeah, I love the, um, you know, some of the stuff that you have that you work with now, I wanted to kind of jump right into because I've had this thing in the work that I've done with my community called recovery before discovery, because so many things that we do in health and fitness, like it's all about discovering what you're capable of. So it's adding stuff into your life. And we forget about those things that are already plaguing us, those limiting beliefs, those stories that we have. So if we don't look at recovering first and eliminating those things, then it doesn't matter how much we discover what we can do or add into our life. We're always going to go back into those old stories. And I think that's one of the reasons we've seen so many people do well for a short period of time or even a long period of time, but eventually go back and the work that you do with Primal Man Pathway and the stuff that you've done seems like there was such synergy of yeah. of that of what we're talking about does that resonate 100 percent, brother my identity module opens with a quote that um I've, i picked up somewhere along the way that for any goal to become permanent there must be an underlying change in identity so mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying and you know my my four pillars are primal beliefs primal rhythm primal fuel and primal movement in that order on purpose because the beliefs are the piece of the iceberg that a lot of people don't even realize is under the water. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've also said it this way before that a lot of people are starting very well intentioned with habits and routine. And they're starting with the ground floor without first laying the foundation or better yet, inspecting the foundation, finding out it's cracked, ripping it up and laying a new one with the beliefs and the story they're telling themselves. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those words, right? Foundation. We all know what that means. And we're like, oh, we need to lay it. But to actually go in and really look at it and see is something's very easy to skim over and just get to the surface because we want to get to the sexy shit. We want to get into the physical work. We want to get into the big revelations. And sometimes it takes time you know, to dive in there. So we're getting deep already, which I absolutely love. But to, to bring it back for one minute, I mean, you You've been in the the world of personal growth, been in the gym business for a long time. I know you had a gym for eight years and yeah. then moved into a lot of the work that you do now with, with mindset, really getting a bigger and deeper holistic approach for somebody in the entire life. 
Can you explain a little bit of this journey of transition? How'd you get into first the physical world, which eventually got you into the work that you're doing now? Absolutely. So my father had a weight bench in his bedroom when I was four years old. So it was just ingrained in my reticular activating system that fitness was a thing. Tack onto that, the fact that I was skin and bones and had a size eight head as a kid. So I went to school oh, in eighth grade. Yeah, I had a buzz cut. I went to school in a tank top and got looked told that I looked like I had cancer, right? So it's a mega mega mind, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I started lifting. I remember at twelve years old, the Lifetime Fitness in town. You had to be twelve years old to go up and use the weights upstairs, and I was sprinting up the stairs on my twelfth birthday. You know, and I, I played baseball here and there. For me, fitness was more about what can I do with my body and how can I express mm -hmm. that. And oh, by the way, also I'm really skinny and I want to add muscle. Mm -hmm. And that went through high school. Uh, I had a, a lack of direction after high school because 9-11 happened when I was 13. My dad's a United pilot, second generation. I was supposed to be third generation. Industry took a big old hit and mm. I, I switched direction without finding a new one. And uh, I ended up in the Navy at age 21 after thinking I was going to get a Navy SEAL contract. Again, something where I could express my fitness, my love for adrenaline. And I had been talking with them on paper for over a year. They said, hey, man, go get LASIK and we'll, we'll waiver that misdemeanor possession arrest that you have. And, and you can go to BUDS. January 26, 2010, I go to contract in. They say, sorry, new instruction came out five days ago. You can't get that waiver anymore. Yeah, bro. So you oh, want to talk dude. about like stories, you know, you had Mark on, like this was one of the stories I worked going through and lifted level one mm. because it, it created this like, well, no matter what I do, it's all going to end up the same. And my second cousin, who had tried to dissuade me, had sent me the book Lone Survivor to say, hey, man, this is the reality of it. Uh, you might not like it. I read it in 72 hours and put my car for sale to pay for that LASIK. Wow. Okay. He handed my papers to an admiral, deputy chief of naval personnel. That guy didn't believe my story, said, sorry, I don't believe his story. Can't help him. So I went in for four years, grew disenfranchised with a broken leadership system and flawed advanced instruction. I had had my uh, ACSM personal trainer certification before the Navy in 2008. I got CrossFit level one certified in the Navy because I'd started CrossFit beforehand. And I got out and I opened a box. And I was like, we're going to go to regionals. We're going to do all this. I'm like, oh, wait, there's grandparents and moms and dads and aunts and uncles in here. And they just got mortgages to pay and they want to feel better about themselves. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Fitness can do that. And a couple of years into it, I was like, oh, it's something more than fitness. And it was when I was going through the OPEC CCP and their assessment module that it was really opened up for me that everybody comes into fitness and their journey and, and with a different lens. And that was, I had already went through core language upgrade. I was, I was sniffing around. I understood mindset. I read Atlas Shrugged at age 22, like give myself a pat on the back. I've been ahead of the curve on objectively looking at life and mm -hmm. when i started understanding oh wait these people just want to feel the way that they think fit people feel and that mm -hmm. started a shift in me with how we handled things at the gym and fast forward a couple of years through that and we had mark england on my gym's podcast yeah and i said hey man what's this enlifted thing because at this point they were only in group eight group nine of level one and they're in group 40 now and he said, oh, I forgot to talk about that in the podcast. Let's let's jump on a call afterward. Mm -hmm. I ended up in level nine and or in group one, level, level one, group nine. Mm -hmm. There we go. 
<laughs> and uh you know did level two right after that level three right after that and the enlifted work and i know you've had mark on I, i'll i'll forego diving deep into that it was the samurai sword of personal development that i was looking for you know because you talk like hey guys just look at what you want to see hey just you know point your mind to where you want to go and i've i heard you say on the episode with mark like man mindset is just this like it's it's almost like what the heck you know and Finally, it was this practical thing that I could use and I could actually help people. And it, it completely shifted the paradigm for me. Yeah. Um, It's that, it's one of those words that just gets thrown out there and we all say, oh yeah, rock solid mindset. And you see the memes and the Instagram reels that have it all out there. So it's this, it's this portrayal of what we think a strong savage that, you know, that word savage, which is out there and everything. It's like that mindset of it, but what you said there was so powerful, Chase, as people were coming in, think they wanted to feel the way they think fit people feel. And yeah. that's such an interesting thing, because if you don't know how something feels right, well, you're looking externally out of, well, what's something that I can, I can pull in and think, oh, I want to, I want to look like that girl. I want to look like that guy. Oh, like they have this posture, they have this energy. Oh, that must be what it feels like. But you don't really know, you know, what that is, you know, until yeah. you dive a little bit deeper. And when you were in that, and you said that really changed up how you approached going into your gym, you know, with the philosophies and with the program, can you go a little deeper into like, how, what were the big changes of how you approached your day uh, when you owned the gym, when you came to this revelation? Absolutely. So, you know, it went from, Hey guys, come in here, bury yourselves in the workout because I'm yelling at you. And I think that you need to go hard to uh, getting to know people on the front end. I'm like, all right, what, why are you here? And what is it that you want out of this? You know, cause for a lot of people, they weren't even chasing a six pack mm-hmm. or they thought they were. And when you started asking them, you know, cool, cool. What's that going to do for you? What's that going to do for you? Oh, well, my, my mom didn't watch my daughter graduate high school and I want to see my grandkids gra- graduate high school. Oh, okay. Now we're actually getting somewhere with this, mm-hmm. you know, and and getting to see that. And then once we got the enlifted magic in there, because there was a solid year plus where I still had my gym and I was practicing that, um, I was immersed in the enlifted work. Uh, it was a game changer because, Hey guys, we're going to do a goal setting session. Okay, cool. Let's look at why we haven't achieved these goals before. Next thing you know, you know, I had one girl that came to me. This is one of my favorites to lay out because it just outlines how it can be something completely different from what we think is going on. She's like, hey, I think I need a chase psychology session. And I was like, I don't think we can technically legally call it that. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go sit down. And uh, we sat down and we started going and working her story. And she was snacking at night and she wanted to deal with this. She knew she had a feeling it was like a mindset thing. She would get this anxious feeling and just go for the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Well, we go back and then go back and then go back. And sure enough, this anxious feeling tied back to being 12 years old and being pressured by her mom to have a certain body type to make the cheerleading team. And when we went back and we cleared that, oh, weird, her snacking stopped. She started dropping the weight that she wanted to drop and she looked amazing in her wedding dress. So. What was the, when you find, when you found that out, what was that conversation like? I mean, I'm sure, I mean, those, what's interesting about that is, like we say, ask, like, what's, why is this important? Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, but asking that question sometimes it's not 
right there on the surface. Like it takes, it takes time to dive underneath those things. And it's like, it could, it could take a couple of times, could take five, could take 10 times, you know, to get into it. Once you get it there, it's kind of a, I mean, that's the big moment that you realize what was, what was that like when she realized it was that time with her mom? And then what was kind of the process you, you went through with her to overcome that? Yeah. So what it was like was a light bulb moment for her, like just, and then at the same time, this weight and sense of obligation to that story that she had operated in her subconscious for so long, just kind of visibly dropped off of her shoulders. The process, you know, cause like, well, why, well, why, well, why requires thinking. It's like, well, okay, now I have to think to answer this as we're leaning into, okay, well, what's the anxious feeling you get? Where do you feel it in your body? One's low, ten's high. How big is it? Cool. What does it remind you of? And sometimes people will go right there. Sometimes it takes a little like, all right, let's do some slow breathing. I want you to inhale, 10 second exhale with your eyes closed and ask your body that question again. What does that anxious feeling, that pit in your stomach remind you of? And it'll be like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know that was in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, from that story to many others, I've had people remember whole relationships where they lived with individuals that they had just edited out of their memory. Yeah. The, what goes on inside the mind, it's, uh, it's just so powerful, you know, from there. And I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think one of the ways to work with the mind is through the body. You know, it's like the physical side of taking care of yourself. It's a very objective way for personal growth because yeah, if you lifted 50 pounds, then a couple of weeks later, you lift 75 pounds. Oh, good. You got stronger. You can see it right there. The men- mindset side is, it seems like it's so much more subjective of there that it takes a little bit more time to really dive into it. So that's why I'd like the practical side there of, act- I like that. Like what's, what does it remind you of yeah. from there? That that's a powerful question. Cause that's, uh, I haven't thought of it that way from there, but that's a, that's a really powerful question. The body keeps the score, my friend. And I, I like what you said there. You know, I like to say that fitness is a phenomenal gateway drug to pers- personal development. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll open the door. Um, and that I know that it opens the door for a lot of people. And that that's why my pillars are structured the way they are, because uh, most often people come to me and they've exactly what you open this episode with that, you know, you try and then you fall off. Like there's something else there. You know, mm-hmm. it's, Let's get into what's underneath. You know, what what does the failure of achieving that goal remind you of? Yeah. Okay. Did you cool. did you experience this much with yourself with your own story? Or it's like because it seemed like you heard this right away from a lot of people that you were working with and then dove right into it. What's been your personal experience from going more from like the physical side into the mental side? Was this something that you always knew was important or was this kind of, was this a pretty big revelation around this time when you're like, Oh yeah, I need to dive deep down the rabbit hole of this work. If I want to get the success in my life that I want. I knew it was important and uh, the practical nature of the enlifted method of just look at your words. You know, I first heard Mark on barbell shrugged in 2017 when he did uh, an episode there and he dropped a discount code for core language upgrade. And I mm-hmm. went, went through that back to back. The practical nature there was something, you know, I, I was lucky. My dad helped to instill, you know, a can do mindset. And, you know, well, if you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you're right too. you know, my dad's a, 
an aviator. He retired from United Airlines and uh, having a clear mind and objective nature is important in a cockpit. Mm. You know, and when I found this work, it really opened me up to just little things that I was saying to myself or little stories that were running in the background, like the one that I touched on earlier that, well, I tried for over a year to be a SEAL and it didn't happen. So like, why even try at all? And that was running the, my fitness I had had on lock. Like that was the, the easy hard for me. Like, yeah, I do this. Yeah. Well, it's easy for me. Yeah. Uh, it was the mm -hmm. business. Um, I, I would, I would use fitness to hide from my business. I would use other things to hide from my business. And well, and that Navy SEAL story of, well, it's going to happen, whether it's the way it's going to happen either way. So why mm -hmm. even try? And I actually took that Navy SEAL, the, the prepping to qualify for BUDS and turned it from a loss and a story that ran around his head saying, I'm not in control to looking at the fact that I couldn't really run a mile when I started mm -hmm. prepping. And when I got through prepping, I could run two miles to the gym with a backpack on my back. Yeah. And uh, 13, 15, 13, 30. Uh, swim 2,000 meters, run home at the same pace, and do calisthenics in the garage so I was blue in the face. Mm -hmm. And it went from I'm not in control to when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. That's a powerful lesson. I mean, it's it's a great example of that. You know, it's not the destination. It's the journey, right? But everybody mm -hmm. who says that often, it's because they've also arrived at the destination that they wanted to achieve at. So they say, oh, I learned this journey. The journey was great because I got to this destination. Yeah. But when you don't actually get to the destination that you had, it's very easy to not look back at all and you know say that was a waste of time. And then when you, as you said, like, yeah, I went from you know less than a mile I could run into two miles with a backpack and a great time from there. Yeah, yeah that is the power. So it's- I heard this the other day about it's like when people say it's not the journey, it's the destination when actually it's both together. The journey is the destination yep. because once you even get to one, even if you succeeded or not, the sun's going to shine the next day. Okay. That feeling that you had from there, it's still, you're going to need to look at the next thing. So really diving into that destination. One of the best ways to do it is to go back and count your wins. Look at yeah. what you learned from that process. hundred percent. You know, and I, I, as far back as when I had that podcast for the gym, we made an episode called Beware Destination Addiction, thinking that mm. the next place, the next thing is going to, you know, magically solve everything. And then from a a more, you know, practical neuroscience aspect, dopamine, it's been found is more anticipatory in nature. So it's it's really healthy to be driving towards the next thing as as long as we know that it's a continual loop. You know, the hero's journey is a cycle to be completed over and over and over again. Mm. One revolution is just going to leave you back in the ordinary world, slightly changed. Yeah, go through it six, seven, eight, nine, twenty times. Right. Well, that's that's a hero to be spoken about. It's powerful. Yeah, you know, and as you said before, like with the physical side, you said you knew that world so well that was easy for you. Um, my good friend Chris Matice uh, from EYL talks about it's a self soother, and he's like a lot of self soothers can be very healthy things for certain people, but it can easily turn into a crutch at the same you, time. The way I've said it before is that a lot of people are using the gym the same way an alcoholic uses a bottle of tequila. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of well-meaning my, I've, I did it. Uh, trainers and coaches are drunk bartenders. They're mm -hmm. doing it too. And they're perpetuating the cycle. Yeah. It's, uh, 
you get to that point. I had that in uh, in 2020 during the height of the you know pandemic. Training hard was on a different nutrition side. I shed weight really quick. I was the leanest I've been. I felt like energy was through the roof. And I was training every day. I was getting outside and running. I was also doing classes for our studio that we're doing online. So I was like working out all day. And I felt so awesome for a short period of time. And then my adrenals just completely shut down into a day when I was like, oh man, that's when we didn't know what COVID was. I was like, oh, I got it. Like I'm I'm going down for the count from there. And you realize like, oh, I'm using training as this the self-soother. It's the it's the moonshine that I'm yeah. taking in right here. It's it's a different package, but just like anything, that's when you know, one of the books that really empowered me was Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday when he talked about journaling, you know, and that's mm-hmm. when I got into actually writing down journaling every day, taking a moment to be still from there because I was so much on the move all the time, when to actually sit still with your own mind and your own thoughts. That was an uncomfortable feeling. And I realized that's, how many people are in that mo- in that zone. That's scary. And our, our subconscious will keep us from doing that. And, you know, to you said this earlier on in the conversation, a lot of people want the the sexy stuff, the hard driving stuff, the the movement and the nutrition and and forget that it's the the beliefs too that that foundation that iceberg under the water and i'm i've grown more and more of the opinion that it's it's on almost autoimmune response from our subconscious mm-hmm. that says oh, i don't want to look at that so i'm going to i'm going to make you believe that you think that's not worth it but really it's because we're kind of scared to look in there funny mm-hmm. thing being that if we look in the closet at that monster it's just a pile of clothes yeah yeah <sighs> yeah yeah, it's just getting a little bit of light on it, right? It's, exactly. I, th- I think it's the difference. We often, we use that term addiction so easily when in reality, I think it's a lot more of a compulsion where it's like you, like if you are, if you're working on a task and it's a challenge for you to do and your phone's right next to you, it's, that's the easy time when you like pick up your phone and you start doing the scrolling, right? It's not an addiction. It's more of like that compulsion. And yeah. then that's the question of like, well, what am I trying to do? And I'm just easily going into the quick dopamine hit to get away from that. And I think it's one of those, it's like words matter. You know, the words that we use are very powerful in there. Abracadabra, man. I mean, I have abracadabra on my back and it goes like shoulder blade to shoulder blade down to the bottom of my lats and the, in the abracadabra triangle and in Hebrew. And, uh, it's, it is the root of everything. And some people might be like, you know, I've had people push back in my comments that don't know the to work. Like, well, it's the feelings too. Like you can't just say something and not feel it. And if you're willing to go off on a little abracadabra tangent real quick, mm-hmm. I was listening to the lifestylist and he had Dr. Mark Gaffney on this episode was called the God pod for anybody who wants to hear it. And if you want to hear Mark explain it much more eloquently than I will, it's around the 30 minute mark. He opens up abracadabra in, in Aramaic, which is old Hebrew language. And he talks about the symbols in there. Each one of them means something too. And one means the word and the next one means silence. And abracadabra with my word, I create with my word, I influence works best really only works when the word upholds the silence, when the word upholds the feeling under it. If the word is betraying the silence, well, then it all falls apart. And the silence is the feeling. It's the authenticity. It's it's what we really, really have in our soul, in our heart, and in our head. 
that's a that's a deep one to digest right there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Mark told me about abracadabra, I'm, 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 it's bringing me back to our conversations from there. How powerful that is uh, yeah. from that specific word. So, getting into that, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some words. As I said, oftentimes we throw words out and just we throw phrases out, thinking it sounds good, but really when you get deeper into the meaning. There's objective definitions to it, but then a lot of them is a journey in itself. And one of those I wanted to ask you about is you talked about loving yourself. And I think that's a term that we hear from so many different people. You have to love yourself, right? But actually the meaning behind that, you had an experience where you talked about, and I'm going to paraphrase, but love isn't something that you do or that you acquire. Love just is. Yeah. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit for me? Do you, do you mind if I recap the, uh, the experience? Cool. Yeah. So this was my third experience with, with five MEO mm -hmm. and I've become well-known with this facilitator. We're buddies at this point, And he sends me on the fast track and I'm out and I I'm on my back. He goes here, you one, two, three, hold it as long as you can. And next thing I know I'm on my back. And I'm just reaching up into the sky, into the heavens, just, ah, and I'm plugged into the power grid of the universe. Like I'm not like standing, touching one of the power wires out behind my house. I'm like in the supernova power station and whatever I'm feeling is the most powerful force. You, you use it when you want to do anything. And I love recapping this because anytime I get to, it's the perfect time for a reminder to myself. And I start grounding back into my body. I'm, I'm on the ground and I'm reaching out to my side and I'm like just intuitively like scooping into me. And if you're seeing this on video, you can, I'm scooping into my <laughs> chest right here, like holding it. And as I come back to earth, I'm, I'm just start crying. And it's this beautiful feeling of gratitude and bliss. And in that moment, I had the biggest light bulb moment in my life that what I was plugged into was love. It's the most powerful force in the universe. And love doesn't use itself to say, well, you need to do this. Well, if you love me, you'll do this. Well, I love you, so you should do this. Mm -hmm. Love just is. And that, that to me is a reminder that we can get so lost in the minutia of day to day and uh, other people's stories, social media, the internet. Mm -hmm. And when we come back down to loving ourselves, loving ourselves means that we are very, very extremely comfortable with our most authentic self. You could ask me any question about my life right now, and I could tell it. Because guess what? This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And have you heard of the law of entrainment? No. Okay. We're going to go on a rabbit in, hole. In, entrainment? Entrainment. En E-entrainment. E-entrainment. Okay. Yep. In the 1600s, his physicist in the UK was laid up sick in bed and he had been tinkering with his grandfather clocks in his bedroom. And he realized that regardless of where he put them back together, they would start swinging in unison. And he took this into you know the ministry of science or whatever and got laughed out of the room. And in recent decades, it's been proven that those grandfather clocks are communicating through tiny vibrations in their wooden housing across the room. Here's the fun part, my friend. You put a bunch of grandfather clocks in a room, you know what they all fall in sync with? The biggest grandfather clock, because it has the strongest, most powerful vibrations. 
Now let's layer this two layers to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Three degrees of influence, your habits, your actions, your behaviors, your beliefs, your addictions are contagious to your friends, friends, friends. Yeah. Except for if we layer on the law of entrainment. I mean, as a side note, that's dripping faucets. That's the tides in the moon. That's mm -hmm. women whose cycles sync up. It's all yep. of that. If we layer those two together, if you can be the biggest grandfather clock three degrees out, well, now that's a positive ripple three degrees out and resistance to any negative ripples that are coming back your way. And to me, love, leaning into loving yourself and being comfortable with your most authentic self yeah. creates you as the biggest grandfather clock in the room. You know, it's it, to think about that on the surface you almost look at it with like a, the quizzical emoji look. And then when, you act, then when you actually go a layer deeper and you realize it's all vibration and how, yeah, eventually they'll all sync up from there. And then the biggest grandfather clock. Yeah. It's the biggest vibration. They're all going to act in there. And, you know, the terms that I'm, I'm thinking of as you were speaking there, Chase was abundance, which is one. And then uh, surrender, which yeah. is, you know, when you, are in that space and you're gathering everything up, you know, and that's just, you're just feeling that. And it's just, it's just pouring out of you from that abundance type spot. The only way that you can fully embrace something like that is to let go, you know? And that's from a lot of the, like guys like Paul Selig, you know, the channeler and stuff like his work from there, he uses the term surrender, you know, from there, which is in every religious studies you can throw in there as well, you know, to love God, if you want to use that word, it's to surrender to it. And that's when you get into that, unconditional feeling. But I remember when it's one of those words that, you know, we talked about, everybody uses it, but getting into the layers is authentic. What does that really mean? And when you are your authentic self, and I'll ask you for your definition in a moment, because I think I'd be really curious. But when you said, when you are living that person, things just naturally gravitate to you. And if there's any such thing as the law of attraction and the secret and all that stuff, I think that's the, that's the road that it's on. This is an awesome conversation. I'm so glad. We <laughs> so I, a lot of people have seen the scale of like vibration, you know, and down the bottom is like fear and, and up in the top is fear and anger in the bottom and then peace and love and uh, are up towards the top. And recently, and uh, I would, I would get to read into this more if I wanted to describe how they measured it. They measured, they found something that vibrates higher than all of that. And it was authenticity authenticity in my mind is another way is one step closer to enlightenment because enlightenment in my opinion is seeing the world as it truly is mm -hmm. and when you can unleash or surrender to your most authentic self you get to drop the biases that you've created the stories that run as a protection mechanism for you against the world and you can see that oh that was something in me that created this view and, and it, it might still be there. You can get, get it before it comes out of your mouth and pull those, those glasses off and see the world clearly and authenticity to what you said about magnetism. A couple of years back, I was in a mentoring program and I said, I'm going to have my brand grow by podcasts and speaking engagements alone. I get off that call where I, where I said that and I have a DM waiting. Hey, I saw you on this podcast and I'd really love to work with you. And I messaged my mentor and said, you're being your most authentic self. And that shit is magnetic. 
So it, it's a hundred percent what it is. It, it clears any and all resistance to, you know, to go back to the surrender aspect to what is truly meant for you, as opposed to operating in another story, another paradigm, trying to live what somebody else said was the thing to do. Yeah. You know, this was a, this was a part of the Tao Te Ching that I've pondered on for so many different times of his, when Lao Tzu talks about avoid striving and practice non-doing. And mm-hmm. I've had a fucking battle with that for so long of being like, what are you talking about? Like, you're supposed to strive towards your goals. You're supposed to like, you're supposed to do things in order to get there. And then I, I finally, the best example that I can say is do your best then get out of the way, you know, yeah. so you can still put the effort in to get there. But then going back into authenticity, when we talked about like destination versus the journey, authenticity, when you find is still a journey, like you don't just Mm -hmm. arrive one day and then you're authentic and then you've solved everything to be authentic is an everyday process from there. So when you get into that, like, and you know, you're living this every day. I'm sure you have processes that you work with to check in with yourself before you check in with the world and stuff. What are those things that you do to kind of keep yourself within your own authentic self? So this is where my approach differs a little bit because Mm -hmm. I know morning routines and start your day on the, I'm all about the evening. I want my brain to be in the right plot in the right state going to bed. And my one non-negotiable to use the negation is 10 to 15 minutes of meditation before bed. If I get my journal out after that, cool. I'll journal some wins from the day, a little stream of consciousness. That meditation though, uh, going a little Joe Dispenza on it, you know, and, and getting some heart coherence going, get my heart, my mind agreeing on what they want is absolutely massive. And, you know, talking about the vibration thing. I wanted to sneak this one in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford University has measured Stanford, not like Gaia TV, which some people can go, oh, is that real though? Yeah. Stanford University has measured that there is a measurable field around the heart at least three feet away. So what does that say about the whole grandfather clock thing? And uh, I also, I do start my day. Uh, I'll take my water out in the backyard and I'll put my feet barefoot on the earth. Even if it's before the sun comes up, I start and I just take a couple deep breaths and breathe some gratitude and speak some gratitude and into my water. And mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with uh, Dr. Masaru Yamoto's work, there's uh, a reason for that. Okay. You know, it's such, I just a couple weeks ago, I put a post up on, on Facebook, unpopular opinion, evening routine is more important than morning routine. Oh, my man. And, <laughs> and it, uh, Got some interesting, you know, back and forth, you know, comments from there. So obviously people, you need to do both routines. It's like, well, you know, don't rely on your routines, but I found the same thing by just taking some time in the evening. Uh, Number one, sleep quality does go up. You know, there's, there's science behind it that you get into REM sleep a lot faster when you just look at your day in advance, even the next day, just even jotting down a couple of things down. But it's the same as I think there has been so much about the morning routine of getting in. And it's like, I don't know, like I do, I do some journaling, but I like to train and move in the morning and just get out and go. I'm like, I'm energized. I'm ready to go in the morning. Evening time is when I want to die down and want to be a little bit more in my own body. Yeah. I mean, I mean, biologically speaking, we get a nice big old cortisol spike as soon as we rise for the day. Let's go use it. Like I'm the same way, man. I'm in my basement (laughs) by 5 30 AM. 
<laughs> you know, and, you know, imagine that, that an evening routine would be beneficial. I mean, who'd have thunk that it's, it's not conducive to sleep to go 99 miles an hour into a brick wall and try and slow yourself down right away for bed. I mm-hmm. would have thunk it. Right. <laughs> so you said something about that's and it's a good segue from this topic about yeah. as we're talking about now, there's so much research, there's so much information out there. And as you, uh, you stated, we're in an information overload, but an inaction overwhelm. Yeah. And as soon as I, I'm like, I heard that, I was like, that is so powerful because it's very easy to think, oh, we just, you need to take action, just take action. But in reality, to take action on stuff is very overwhelming because a lot of times people, they have excuses, like we say all this stuff. Many times, like excuses are tricky because a lot of them are valid. Like there's a, there is a good reason why, but to overcome that, to still get the things done, that's another layer afterwards. But if you can dive into that and just explain a little bit more that information overload and action overwhelm. Yeah. I mean, you know, inaction overwhelm, I think is more accurate or uh, rolls off the tongue for me better than paralysis by overanalysis. That's a bit of a tongue twister. And I mean, action dispels overwhelm, plain and simple. And I mean, for myself, I've, I've been writing a new, a new resource, a new ebook uh, for the last three days that I could have written in half an hour, like plain and simple, man, because I am such a perfectionist when I create resources that I want to put out. And I've been operating in Canva for, you know, freaking uh, seven years now or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, Oh man, like it's gotta look great. It's gotta be the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and today I was just like, Nope, send it. And it got great responses. And now the ball has started rolling on, on people consuming that free content that I, that I, that I put out there. I already have people come back like, Hey, how do I get more? So use that as a personal anecdote that, you know, I could have went out there and got all this information. Okay. How do I build this even better? What kind of, what kind of headlines do I want? Where do I want the call to action in this thing? What kind of information really gets people emotionally hooked? Or I could just write something because I'm really good at what I do and I could push it out there. Dude, I, I wrote four poems last week. And I I sent the first one to my wife and I was like, just wrote this. It's a little bit different take on a light wolf, dark wolf, but I'm kind of meh about it to outline that, you know, after saying I'm really good at what I do to outline that my, my inner critic is still very mm-hmm. loud. She goes, Holy crap, this is awesome. Send it to my sister-in-law. She goes, you should publish mm-hmm. and inaction overwhelm is how it took me until after my wife had went to sleep to write that. It was in my head, in my heart, wanting to come out the whole day. And finally, I opened my journal up and wrote till 10, 15 at night. And then I got to go to sleep nice and peacefully. It's powerful. I mean, it is. It's the, you know, oftentimes, especially in creative endeavors, as good is good enough of just getting it out. And yeah, how, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a procrastination thing, but like in or perfection, it's like, I think it's it's very easy, especially in a creative endeavor with something that it's important to you. It's like you gave birth to a new baby, right? And you want it to be perfect. So it's just, you care very deeply about it. So you think that you can always do something better. I mean, 
you, you know, you have a one-year-old daughter, you know, I'm sure every day you're thinking about more things that you can do for, am I doing this enough and stuff? It's like, it's a constant thought that you have in your head. It's because it's, it's always a, it's never a finished project. It can be easy to keep that same thought process in personal growth and creative work. And when in reality, yeah, good is good enough. Get the, get the workout in, you know, like, you know, drink the water, like do 10, do 10 minutes of uh, a meditation. If you suck at it, great. Just do it. Just check it off for the day. Dude, if you sit with your eyes closed for 10 minutes, you don't suck at it. You did it better than a lot of people. <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, you know, and I love that you use the fitness examples because that's the perfect idea of where people get stuck in inaction overwhelm in a world of, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a gym or you can find uh, how many online fitness programs these days or how much free advice on YouTube. Like, you know, I've, I've done, I've been consistent for the last 23 years. The programs have likely only been optimal for like some of the time, you know, depending on who you ask and what their fit- fitness methodology is, you can find a hole to pro- poke in any program I've done, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And 35 years old, I'm hitting lifetime strength PRs. I'm still aerobically very, very fit. I mean, you know, for the vanity metrics, my biceps are bigger around than they've been ever in my life. Like, mm-hmm. come on, guys. It's, it's, it's consistency. And Mark says, underthink it underthink it he's the first person i said heard say this and it's uh you just start and you keep going it's it's the super secret to success two keys to success in any endeavor in life start and keep going and that will dispel the inaction overwhelm yeah we were just talking about this earlier in a group uh about lagging indicators you know and kind of using the term of like powerlifting you know you go in and you set a powerlifting record and people say, oh, what'd you do? What'd you do on this day to get it there? It's like, no, I trained for six months beforehand every single day in order to build it up. But it's it's a good it's a good example for learning because I think with information, I was in a zone for so long of like I read a book a week, like, you know, mm-hmm. just loving, just ingesting so much information, podcasts like every second, like always trying to learn stuff. Where this year, one of the biggest things that has helped me is I went back and I reread books that I read before, not trying to dive into new stuff and actually going deeper into things that I felt like I already learned. And it's actually been a much more enjoyable experience and you learned more things from it as well. So it's another lesson. Like it's not the new thing that you need to go learn out there. Sometimes it's just repeating the same thing that you did over and over again. And that's going to yield the results. It's just like Novocaine eventually with time it works. (laughs) One hundred percent, man. It, it's you know, I, I've read less books this year than most years in my adult life. Yeah, you know, I've had this conversation with one of my business partners. You know, the the coaching is my my forward facing brand. I'm involved in business acquisition too, and I've had this conversation with my one of my partners slash good friends that most of the podcasts, most of the books out there, they're they're saying same or similar things in their own way. And it can be very beneficial to find new ways to hear it, new things to click. Mm -hmm. And once you've got it, it's time to go take action. Yeah. I heard the, my favorite definition of wisdom is learning the same lesson you need to learn over and over again until eventually it sticks. Yeah. Embodiment. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's powerful. So it is. If you're looking for new things, like as a savior, like you're looking for that next, you know, venture in there, then you're always searching for something. But if you just take it in and just ingest it, then yeah, you might find a different avenue. But so 100%. there's another line that you had that I told you before we started recording. I needed to bring it up here, and I don't even know where I'm going to go with it, but I need to throw it out here so I can think on it. But it said some people go into the world to find themselves; others go into themselves to find the world. And first off, I love this download. I think it's amazing. There's so many different threads I can pull from it. But my question to you on that is, do you think that the latter is the best case for every for everyone to go into first? Or do you think that there's real merit to going out into the world to find pieces of yourself as well? Yes, and. Mm-hmm. That's a big yes, and answer. Yeah. Yeah, in the context that I wrote that and in the the longer piece that follows in that journaling session turned philosophy track, you know, I outlined that you know, oftentimes and what I'm talking about there is you know, people that go out into the world and use these experiential things and other people's stories to try and build themselves from the outside in. Now, if we go out into the world with being open to see what is in us that gets woken up by those pieces, well, yeah, then I'm all for it. And then we're still going inside to create our world. So you you can totally go within to create your world while while going out in the world. You can go right. let's 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 go around in a circle on this one. Mm-hmm. You can go out into the world to go within to create your world. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's the alchemist right there. <laughs> yeah, 100% man 100% that was powerful I, I love that so I, I love that so much when I heard that because um, you know I've I learned that a lot from going into a lot of intuitive practices and stuff and you know I went down a a deep rabbit hole of training intuitively and I think we hear that term a lot we do hear it in nutrition intuitive eating and uh, intuitive training and I think it's a it's a really sexy thing to say again, but Mm -hmm. in order to get there is you also still need to understand the rules of the game. You need to understand the structure behind it as well and put it into that. And I think we all want to get to intuition. I think another way of saying, trust your intuition is having the utmost confidence in yourself, you know, because you've gone down that, you've gone down that path for, for quite a bit, but in order to get there, as you said, like there's, there's two verses that you can go, you need to find some structures that maybe work, but eventually you get to that path where you need to look within, you need to blaze your own trail. If you're going to really get to your full capabilities. Yeah. And I'm all about like, you know, in that episode where you're, you're referencing that quote from, I also said like, is it intuitive eating or is it blood sugar spikes caused by the snacks that you thought were intuitive eating, causing you to have cravings? Is it dysregulated hormones from dysregulated sleep patterns? Like, is it actually intuitive eating or is it hormonal stuff that you're you know, calling intuitive eating because you're out of touch with your body? You know, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll Spotify. The album is Mystical Giants. There's a track on there about awakening intuition too. You know, and, and talk about intuition. I mean, I'm on a... You know, we, we've we've tiptoed around a couple of the like more esoteric, you know, mystical mm-hmm. side of things. I worked with a, an intuitive mentor for 14 weeks after she did a past lives reading on me, mm-hmm. and it was like I cried spontaneously t- twice while she was recapping one lifetime because it's like I was remembering something I didn't know I missed. And uh, I ended up working with her for 14 weeks because the stuff that that lifetime I was like, well, if my soul had access to that, let's let's go see. 
And yeah, there was a couple of sessions, one, a couple of big highlights there that, you know, talking about, well, vibration, like, yeah, there, there might be more here. You know, she gave me names like, okay, what's a food that excites them? And I, I would hit the mark and then one of them, I got this vivid flash of chocolate ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. I said, ice cream, chocolate with rainbow sprinkles. And after we got done, she's like, I had to like stifle myself because that name I gave you was my son. And that's what he gets every time we go out. I was doing a reading on one woman. I was like, I feel like you have a big decision to make. I could see you like standing at the top of a waterfall about to jump. And I'm just getting the sense you should jump. And she goes, well, I just got chills because I'm building a model of a waterfall in my living room right now. Yeah. So dude, when, and when I was on these calls with this mentor and, and when I was doing readings with people, or if we're going up and talking to my guides, talking to my, 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 my dragon that I found that channeled the message through me, by the way, I'm sober during all of this. Mm-hmm. My whoop band would read 90 minutes of REM sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So oh. it, yeah. So talk about like intuition and really like there is the, the, the physical, the biochemical side of being in balance and being able to be in touch with your body. And there's also, I don't know what it is. We've been trying to name it for eons called yeah. the Tao. There's an underlying force that has created all of these ideas that are yeah. seen as different deities and whatnot. And, and, uh, anybody out there, you're welcome to disagree with this. You, whatever you believe, I'm glad that you believe it. And there's something else and the whole authenticity conversation, it gives us a chance to, instead of trying to steer that river that's steering us and try instead of trying to swim upstream, we become the river and we can, and that's, that's when the flow shifts to where it belongs and to where we want it to go. Yeah. It's bit of a tangent and I, I, I absolutely love it. And cause there's so much, you know, in there kind of going back to that word authenticity, it's there's when you realize that and you dive into it yourself, you realize that there's no borders to, we love as we love as humans to have reasons behind everything. You know, that's why we have specific religions. We have specific and we have diatribes. We have, you know, the CrossFit community, we have the kettlebell community, we have the, the TRX, everything needs to be, have borders. This is the best that we do. And I've said, there's been so many debates about personal growth and health and fitness, and everybody's arguing about the 5% micro when in the, when the 95% macro is you have to find your own way. And it's not a, I don't say that in a way of like deflection, it's more of the, if you really want to experience all of these things, it's being open to it. It's being surrendered. As you said, if you want to find love, you got to realize that love is everything in there. And, you know, you can hear, you know, guys like Aubrey Marcus who have, you know, quote, like to behold the known and the unknown and know what is God is to claim full faith. It's like to have faith in everything. And that's why I, I love speaking to people like you, Chase, who have are diving into this so much in yourself of leveling up your own life and then bringing it out to other people. Because going back into that quote of some people go into the world to find themselves, others go into themselves. The only way to truly see what authenticity is and find that full strength, that full capability that you have is to explore these different things. You can find them from different examples and from different idols and different aspirations. But if you don't, if you don't look in here, then at best you're going to be your limited self. And that might still be really strong, but it's still going to be limited in some capacity. Well said. 
you know, and, and to what you said about, you know, movement, there's, you know, when, when I talked about my pillars and I, I talk about, you know, primal intake and primal movement, like, like, Hey guys, express all movement patterns, do some resistance training, how you do it, what you do. Cool. Like it's going to be different for everybody. It's supposed to be relatively different for most people and figure out what works for you. And that's, you know, it, it's counter, it's part of the reason that I shut my gym down, you know, because it was counterintuitive once I started wanting to do this, to try and coach myself out of a job with a brick and mortar where I have overhead to cover each month. Like no, I, I literally, anybody that comes to me, I'm like, cool, let's get back to the basics. And then I'm going to make it. So you have no use for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, there's, there's so much synergy in this. It's like absolutely hysterical. Um, <laughs> Chase, dude, I've, I've absolutely loved connecting with you today. Uh, I feel that like this has gone by in two seconds. So I'd love to connect again and do a part two so we can keep this rolling. Um, but I really 100%. appreciate you jumping on today and uh, I'm grateful for you chatting with me. Thank you. No, great for you, grateful for you. And I mean, time is imaginary. So of course it went fast. No doubt. Absolutely. People want to check out more of the work you've got going on. Primal man pathway, all that good stuff. What's the best place that we can direct them? Yeah. Instagram is the easiest at coach underscore chase underscore Tolleson. You can also go to chase Tolleson.com. Perfect. And then uh mystical giants on Spotify. We'll get that in exactly. the show notes as well. Um, brother, thank you so much listeners. Thank you. thank you so much for joining us today and I'll catch you on the next one. All right, peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. You'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now. Seriously, go. All right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.